Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And here we are doing a follow-up, our second, you know how we love these little two-part things. (laughs) And we're following up on trauma. Last episode, we talked about what is trauma? Do you have it? Is it okay that you have it? We talked about how all of us go through traumatic experiences in our lives. Big T trauma, which is, I guess, a therapist sort of phrase for big things that come up in our lives, really big events, maybe a big car accident, maybe rape, maybe, you know, these things that we think, oh, wow, that's really big. That's, that's a big T trauma. And then we have little T traumas that we go through that we might think, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But we recognize that we come back to that. And we notice that because of that, maybe we do things a little differently in our lives. And so those are little T traumas and those are significant as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And, we and they have, add up. Yes. It's not like one up. little T. It's a yes, lot. Yes. And so trauma is such an important concept then for us to be talking about and talking about what we can do, how we recognize it, what it looks like. Last episode, we went through the diagnostic criteria of post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. And that's a big deal. And hopefully, if you went through that with us, you were able to think about different things that you've experienced. We talked about it a lot in terms of betrayal trauma, finding out maybe that your spouse has had an affair or something similar, and looking at how often when we have these types of events that occur, we really do fit pretty well those diagnostic criteria better than we think yes and so that's important as we're going through that again because maybe because you realize maybe oh ptsd like that's a big deal that's huge but then if you look at and say wow i i meet nearly all of those criteria i meet a lot of those criteria then maybe that's a validating space for you where you can Mm -hmm. say hey this is a big deal What's happened to me is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I'm not being weird mm-hmm. or crazy. Yeah. No, this is actually... wrong with you. Yeah. This is a heavy thing that has happened or has added up to and is now reaching into your life and impacting you. Yeah. And so as we talk about that, hopefully you're getting some validating spaces from those emotionally distressing symptoms. But we also want to talk about how trauma manifests in your body because that is a real thing. And some of the leading researchers on trauma talk about how it's manifest in our body and it affects us in a physical way. And so we want to talk about that because as we reintegrate ourselves 
we want to do that from traumatic experiences, you don't just do that through like, okay, I'm going to go to therapy and check off that box. I'm going to work on stuff mentally, right? Or emotionally, I'm going to process through those things. But reintegrating our body as a whole includes integrating our body, right? We're all connected in this very body, mind, spirit way. And religiously, a lot of people recognize that, but we're recognizing that more and more every year in science as well, that those effects shift and affect all aspects of us. And so if we're going to be our 2.0, like David says, our better selves, we need to be aware of the ways that that's affecting us in all of those areas and connect reintegrate all those aspects of ourselves, right? Because as we've talked many times about the importance of love, the importance of connection, we need to be able to be fully connected with ourselves, which includes being connected with our bodies. And I, and I think a, a good way to conceptualize this is trauma puts you in a victim place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this happens when it's like not your fault. Somebody outside of you had power, something happened, nature, whatever. Mm-hmm. You felt powerless and out of control. Yes. And that puts you very much in a victim place. And we encourage you to move from victim into a survivor, which is where a lot of us get stuck. We're just surviving, but we're not back really to like who we are or enjoying life. Mm -hmm. And we want to move from victim and survivor into creator. And we're creating the life that we want despite what's happened. And so recognizing these things, the impact, the effect of trauma on your body puts you in a position of power. And that's what we want is for you to be more aware of this and do more Mm -hmm. to heal. Yeah. Heal to reintegrate, to reconnect. And that's something we're going to talk a little bit more about in a minute as we, cause I'm going to real quick touch first, or I don't know how real quick, but we'll touch first on how trauma gets stored in the body. So like we just said, trauma can show up not just emotionally, mentally, but physically. And there's two different theories on why that is. And one of those is sort of the stress theory, right? That as you get more stressed in your life, your adrenals, which are control that that stress response are more active. They're having to pump out the cortisol, the adrenaline, and the noradrenaline into your body in order to manage this high level of stress that's going on in your life, that think, trauma. I think like fight, flight, or freeze, your body's going to want to take care of you mm-hmm. and it has a chemical impact on you. Yes. Your adrenal glands actually produce hormones that help you regulate your metabolism, your immune system, your blood pressure, your responses to stress and other essential functions in your body. And so if you're constantly in this stressful space, then those adrenals are getting worn out as they're, they're trying to keep that cortisol in your body. And then ultimately as they get more worn out, then they're 
less able to produce the hormones that regulate your metabolism, your immune system, your blood pressure. And we'll talk about some of those symptoms that happen. So that hopefully that makes sense that if your adrenals are working so hard to give you adrenaline and cortisol and everything so you can manage all the stress that you're experiencing as a result of these effects, then it has less ability. It just gets worn out and it can't produce all the other things that you need. Yeah, so imagine, it's trying to protect you. Imagine your body getting stuck in a stress response cycle. And you're not going to imagine that because a lot of you are actually experiencing <laughs> that. Your body is stuck in that stress response cycle. It is just stuck with high cortisol levels. And eventually, if you look at like adrenal fatigue, for example, like in your stage one and stage two, you're producing a lot of cortisol and trying to cope with the stressful event. And when you get to stage three, it's this little bell curve and you start going over the edge of that bell curve where your adrenals are so worn out that they can no longer even produce the cortisol necessary to try to function and help you maintain that stress response. And then that causes all kinds of havoc and problems and you can't get out of bed, you know, so you start to see those effects. And we'll, again, we'll talk about those in a minute. So that's theory one. The second theory is that it has to do with your autonomic nervous system. So this is your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system responses. This is an on or off switch. You either have to be in one or you have to be in the other. This is not something that is like, well, I'm kind of in one or kind of the other. This is a like zero sum space. You at any given moment are in your parasympathetic nervous system or your sympathetic. Now your parasympathetic system is what we often call the rest and digest system. It's also called the feed and breed system because it also involves your sexual hormones and your sexual... (laughs) Feed and breed. Yes, feed and breed or rest and digest. So rest, digest, All your favorite things. (laughs) But this is where your body heals, rejuvenates, takes care of yourself. It's where you're able to connect, and that's why that breed part is in there, right? It's where you're able to connect and take care of yourself. So this has to do with, you know, your vagus nervous system, your resting heart rate, all of those different kinds of things. It, again, with the breeding system, it actually affects male erection, vaginal changes and stuff when you're talking about being able to have a good sexual experience. That's important to recognize, right? That is your parasympathetic system. Your sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight response, right? Fight, flight, freeze. So while it's just the fight or flight part of it, where your, your heart rate goes way up, your breathing goes way up, your eyes dilate, it actually inhibits digestion so that you can do other things. And so these two, there are these two theories that kind of talk about like, okay, well, why, why do we have body responses to trauma? And the cool thing is, is they're kind of basically the same thing because the sympathetic nervous system is triggered When the amygdala in your brain, which is your little like alert trauma is going to happen, part of your brain sends a distress signal to your hypothalamus, which then activates 
the sympathetic nervous system mm-hmm. by sending signals through your autonomic nerves to the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands respond by pumping an efferin or adrenaline into your bloodstream. So it's like chicken, egg, like where do we want to say that this size? But basically if you start thinking about like, wow, these different systems of my body affect me significantly Am I able to rest and digest because I'm in this fight flight response? Am I able to produce hormones for my metabolism and immune system and blood pressure because I'm stuck in this trauma response, right? In this traumatic space. So when we talk about how, like, obviously these systems are really helpful for us for a short term event, right? right? If you're going to go work out, that's a helpful, like you're going to shift into that space. Your, your digestion is going to be inhibited. You're going to increase your heart rate and all that. That's helpful for you. If you know, you're being chased by a bear, right? That's a helpful space, but it is not helpful long-term. This is not a good space to be in long-term. Your body just is not built to do that. So it then affects our physical bodies. And as we, as we talk about some of these, again, just like we mentioned last uh, episode, everyone's different. Everyone's bodies are different. Your DNA is different. Your life experiences are different. Your personality is different. So some things, just like we talked about last time, that some things that might be traumatic for you, someone else might not, it might not feel as traumatizing. Or if, you know, relationship is different, or if you, you just experience things differently than the people around you. And so your body might respond to trauma differently than someone else's bodily responses. So that's why it's fight or flight. Yes. Or some freeze, people f- right? fight, some, some flee. Yeah. And so as we're looking at these, the ways that our body responds to those shifts in the hormones that are being produced to the shift into our sympathetic nervous system. It's going to look differently for different people. But overall, all the research shows that trauma victims, almost every medical issue increases over time. So it has massive effects on all the different parts of the body. And, you know, trauma victims are like three times more likely to have chronic pain, to have fibromyalgia, to have chronic fatigue symptoms, to have irritable bowel. So there are so many ways that that can affect you. And some of those ways are sleep issues. And that was kind of mentioned a little bit in the PTSD, but you can develop sleeping disorders from trauma, gastrointestinal stuff. I mean, all kinds of things anywhere from having a lot more constipation to having more diarrhea to having IBS to just having not having the right digestive enzymes. Like all of those things can be a result cardiovascularly, right? With your heart and your breath. And there are a lot of physical things that can happen with that, with the way that your body responds and tightens up around your lungs so that you can't actually breathe as deeply. Your heart rate, you could have blood pressure issues. A lot of people have that. A lot of issues around even high cholesterol, even if something you might not 
eat a lot of cholesterol. You can develop high cholesterol based on how your body, the hormones in your body are less present than maybe they ought to be, right? Thyroid is a huge one. Thyroid problems is a huge one that clients come in. When they come in, I'll I'll just say, okay, tell me a little bit. How's your thyroid? How did you know? How did you know I had thyroid problems? Like I've been developing thyroid problems or adrenal fatigue. Again, going back to those um, adrenal glands that are getting overworked. Are you tired all the time? Do you wake up feeling like you never went to sleep? Are Are you having issues like the thyroid is part of that adrenal system? And so thyroid issues, adrenal issues, insomnia, hypersomnia, you just are sleeping all the time. You can't just ever seem to get out of bed. The chronic pain, the chronic fatigue, muscle tension, headaches, and migraines. We've talked before as we were, when we were talking about our dailies and our meditation stuff that trauma can literally shrink the gray matter in your brain. You can have <laughs> prefrontal cortex causes shrinking. brain damage. Yes. And so that can happen. And of course, every time I say that, the first thing people say is, can we fix that? Can we change that? <laughs> is that okay? And yes, again, go back, do your meditation, do your dailies, but but it does. It actually can cause brain damage. Body dysregulation, which is where you're under or over sensitive to physical stimulation. Maybe you don't feel physical stimulation as much, or maybe you're super sensitive to when you're touched in different ways. And a lot of other things that kind of fit with some of those PTSD symptoms, but you also might notice in your body that clients come in all the time talking about feeling very numb, feeling like there's like, I can't connect. There's a barrier wall Mm -hmm. between me and other people isolating, feeling like you're walking in a daze, just feeling like you're kind of going through the motions of life, but that you're almost detached, that little bit of a dissociative state. Can you think of any of the ones that your clients come in? Depression, anxiety, panic Yeah, here's the hard part because it's all related. Yes. Right? So the effects of the trauma on the body look, sound like anxiety, depression, a lot of these things, and they feed off each other. And Mm -hmm. so you get stuck in these cycles that are just miserable. Yeah. And you're not doing much in relationships. You don't have much to offer. You're not really showing up. Mm -hmm. You would like to, but But you're just just not. You just can't. You're not the same. Yeah. And so. And you end up checking out with self-medicating, whether that's with like food or shopping or Netflix or substances. Anything that will help you to distract and escape. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, it's so interrelated. So you're right. Like a lot of those, the depression, anxiety, like those things are related. The PTSD symptoms are related, but there's also so many of those, just like those physical things, your thyroid, your adrenals, your cardiovascular health, your gastrointestinal health, like all of those things are affected quite a bit. So again, hopefully you were maybe even kind of making a mental note and writing down some of those things that have happened to you or you've noticed in your own body. And then you can look at that and say, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I've had so many clients that 
end up with chronic fatigue, that end up with fibromyalgia or chronic pain, and they're going to all these doctors, and the doctors are like, there's nothing structurally wrong with right. you. And so they're like, oh, okay, I guess this is all in my head, so I should just push through the Intense pain stomach aches, things like yeah. this, yep. And they really can't do much to help. And so this is, this is again, a normal reaction. Your body's having a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. That right. trauma is an abnormal situation. And so you are not reacting abnormally. You're reacting normally to your situation. So this is why it's so important to not only understand trauma, but then like realize it's our responsibility, whether we've had big T traumas or lots of little T traumas to recognize, acknowledge, and then move out of that victim space into the survivor and then into the creator like creating that life, creating this new meaning out of yes. the experiences that we've had. In other words, you're not stuck. It's not a hopeless situation. There's a lot yes. more you can do if you know how. Yes, yes. So I often use the car analogy, like car wreck analogy, especially with betrayal trauma for both the uh, betrayed partner and the addict partner to help understand like this is something that requires its own healing process. So the analogy is you've been hit by a drunk driver and you've got a, you know, punctured lung and a broken leg and lacerations and all of these things. And we don't just walk up to you and say like, well, you're fine. You're going to be fine as we're just going to make sure we take care of the drunk driver, make sure he gets into rehab, make sure he does all the things and you're going to be fine. Right. And you would never say that to yourself, but oftentimes that's what happens when couples come in. We say, okay, well, we're going to, you know, the couple says, well, we're going to focus on the addict and make sure they're okay. And then, then the other person's going to be fine. And that's not true. Right. You would never do that in that situation. And you would never, and you shouldn't do that in this situation. You've actually experienced something that needs healing, that needs work, that needs effort. Right. I like that analogy. And I like that idea that no matter whose fault this is, you still have to do the work. Yes. They can't do it for you. Right. Even if the drunk driver stops drinking, yes. gets sober, gets into recovery, is doing awesome, you still have to heal. That doesn't mm -hmm. take the responsibility away from you. And I like that idea. It's kind of, you know... Forgiveness and, and letting go is a big part of this, but it's also very empowering that you can facilitate your own healing. Regardless of whose fault it is, regardless of what's happened. Yeah, regardless of who's responsible, mm -hmm. you still have the work of your own healing to do. And you can do it. That's the good news. Yeah. Is you can do this and you can manage it. You can take control of it. You just often need some help and direction. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the, I mean, that's the number one thing when we talk about healing from trauma, it's that space of empowerment and there's different aspects to it, but it's that space of taking that power back, taking that control back when you have been in that victim space, right? And that ties back to what we talked about last episode about that the fact that it's important to live in 
reality, recognizing this is what happened, recognizing this is the reality of it. And I can now choose to move forward. So suppression and denial are not your friends long-term, right? Right. So understanding that, yes, this happened. And yes, it really is as bad as I feel like it is. And then being able to say, okay, I can do the healing work. Just like, again, that car accident analogy, you would immediately put yourself in the ICU and you would do the work of healing. And after you got out of the ICU and out of the hospital, you would be doing physical therapy regularly to learn how to walk again, to learn how to do the things that you need to do again. And so it's okay to spend that time and energy emotionally as well to heal from the emotional trauma. You wouldn't think twice about doing the physical therapy required to learn to walk again right? or to use your arm again. The time, the energy, the effort, the appointments, all of that. And the same is true here. You are worth your emotional health is worth that time and that energy and effort. And I think we understand the physical side of that. We just don't really apply the emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if I were playing basketball and somebody was defending much too close and <laughs> I sprained my ankle stepping on them, I, I would understand that I have to heal and that's mm-hmm. on me. But there seems to be this hang up with emotion. Yes. Where if somebody else did this to me, somehow I'm waiting for them to fix it. Whether that's a parent, yes. whether that's a spouse, it's kind of like, well, when they're accountable enough or take enough ownership or, or express enough remorse and regret, yes. suddenly my emotions are mm-hmm. going to be better and I'm going and to I'm be healed. Be fine. And not that that can't help the process, but for sure. they Absolutely can't do can. that with all of their accountability. You still have to be yes, in a place. They can't completely fix you. Right? So they it's can't an interesting. Make your hormones produce the right amount of things in your body anymore, right? Like they can't make you do dailies. <laughs> they can't make you yes. be mindful and meditate. Uh huh. Regrow your prefrontal cortex. I'm saying sorry is not going to do that. <laughs> right? right. And so you have that your own work, and that is the power that you have in being able to heal and move forward. And again, like we talked about last episode that trauma can shape you and change you in these really positive ways if you choose right which is really amazing it's amazing and it's necessary and Mm -hmm. this idea you know from victor frankel that suffering ceases to be suffering when we find meaning in it and so Mm -hmm. not only are you kind of in charge of your own healing recovery process, but there's no other way for you to turn this tragedy into a triumph, but to find purpose in your pain. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you're more loving as a result. And so believing that you can do that, it's possible and have hope that you can. And David, I talked and I talked last episode about different things in our lives that were traumatic and I'm sure, David, you can speak to this the same that I can, that through that experience and through the meaning making of that and through the empowering 
you know, space of taking charge of our own lives, of looking at how it's affected us and how we can move forward from that and, and heal and do all these things and create again, moving from victim to survivor to creator, creating the life that we want that process changes everything. You know, I don't feel trauma from the things that have, like that suffering doesn't occur for me now because of the work that I've done to be in that space of creating the life that I want of healing, of doing those dailies and the things that we're going to talk about to heal, of doing body work, of doing all of that. It shifts and changes how you see life and you become your 2.0, right? Like you step into that space of becoming your best self. Right. And we're better off for it. And Mm -hmm. that needs its own its own episode on yes it really does because this is almost we're building to this so how do we do this how do we heal how How do do we we overcome how do we triumph how do we find purpose in our pain yeah and i think a lot of the things and we've talked about this before in previous episodes that a lot of the things that you do to heal from trauma a lot of the things you do to heal from addiction are healthy living things Right. Right. They're the things that you can put into place to make, to help yourself be your best self. And they're things that just work across the board. So we've already talked about dailies. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. Finding ways to connect to yourself to a higher being, to others, to your healing, learning and growing through that process is one of the really key important parts of healing from trauma. Because it it has to be a a consistent, committed effort. Yes. Just like your physical therapy if you break your leg, right? Right. right. There's not going to be one physical therapy session and you're going to be good. Yes. Or, Or a weekend retreat. Yes. With lots of emotional insight that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. However, you know, come Monday, Tuesday. You're not doing anything different, right? Yes. It's like David's always talking about how you have to do. You have to do something different, right? Consistently over time. And that little bit, it begins to heal a little bit more and a little bit more. Just like that, you know, scab for a deep, from a deep wound, mm-hmm. physical wound. It heals a little bit more and a little bit more over time. So all those daily things and those the journaling and that we were just talking about living in reality and self-compassion. The coal approach. Yes. Run through that again for us, David. <laughs> all those things that we can do. Acronym. So the coal approach, and, and you can listen to that episode yes, again. Yes, go back to that. It's curious open, accepting, and loving. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking an approach to yourself and to life, hopefully a new approach, which is just far less anger, far less reactionary, um, reactionary for sure. Mm -hmm. More curious, more open, more responsive. And this is how 
you become this highest and best self because of the tragedy and because yeah. of the trauma and because of the hard things you've gone through. Yeah. You understand others. You accept what's happened and you make this this amazing meaning out of it for you. And you become more loving toward yourself, making sure you're taking care of yourself and healing your own trauma. But then that allows you to be more loving of others. And I, I kind of think doing this as much as I have, there is no other way. Right. We, we like the idea of love and joy and happiness and <laughs> peace and rest and all these good things. But it's through this path of, of pain and suffering that we get there. Yes. And it's not like because it has to be that way. You, you don't really know what those other things are unless there's been pain and suffering. Yeah. It's this idea that you have to experience both. And I really believe that. And I see that more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, there's a 12-step quote that says pain is the pathway to peace. Yeah. Right? You kind of understand. It really is. And it's about, again, it's about that meaning that we're making of it, the creation of moving forward, of creating the life that we want and how this helps us to get there and shapes our life. You know, the other, one of the other things I think is really important work to do as you're working on healing is your worth. Yes. And we've got that. We've got a couple sessions. We talk about this a lot. This is one of David's favorite things, and I love that he talks about it so much. But coming back to a space of, or developing, if you've never been there, a space of deep worth. Right. Right. You have to make that separation Mm -hmm. of human being and human doing, both. And putting your worth and value on the human being side and not on the human doing side. Yes. And then... Other things that are going to be helpful in healing from trauma is making sure you get support. Support from either family or friends or therapy or groups. You know, find your tribe. Find people who've been there. Talk with them. Work with them. They can help you through that process. It's actually a very studied, important part of healing from trauma is to have that support network. I mean, that's where you receive love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I really believe it's a lack of love and acceptance that got you into the mess. And it will be love and acceptance that gets you out. Mm-hmm. And that's a big group. It's your support. It's yourself. It's your higher power. It's a team effort. Yeah. Yep. And again, therapy is a really helpful part of that. Therapy actually works. You know, the studies show that it works better than medication for a different trauma that you've experienced. So making sure you're doing therapy, the mindfulness and meditation stuff, rebuild that prefrontal cortex after that brain damage of trauma that trauma can cause. Moving your body is a really big one too. Yoga, Tai Chi, dance, exercise. It's a way to reconnect with yourself to feel safe and alive in your body. And even doing things like volunteering for causes or doing more like where you get active in in something, having that purpose. So that is often a result of trauma is just not feeling like there's any purpose having this. It's a concept of a foreshortened future, mm-hmm. whether you actually literally feel like you're going to die earlier or 
just that life doesn't have meaning and important things aren't actually going to happen to you anymore. And so developing purpose and meaning again is an important part of healing from trauma. One of the things I love having clients do is to make like a vision board or a goal poster and say, you know, if nothing was an obstacle in your life at all, what would your life look like? What would you want, you know, pie in the sky, the most amazing things. And that helps clients to start to see that future again, to start to see what could be again, what they could create as they move from that victim space. Yeah. To that survivor space and then into the creator, right? What is the life? If you could create any life, what would that look like? How could you use your experiences to benefit you and other people? And then just frankly, what are all the amazing things? Like, what do you want to create in your life? What do you want to manifest that maybe have nothing to do with the trauma that you've experienced? Right. I like that. And, and the gratitude focus, mm-hmm. I like a lot. Yes. Gratitude well. is a big piece that can be important there. And as we just talked extensively about the physical effects that trauma can have on you, you may really need to get some nutritional help as well. Definitely. Go, you know, work with, I have a lot of clients that I send to, you know, go get a, find a naturopathic MD or a DO or someone who understands sometimes people like going to other people as, as well, but someone who understands nutritionally how to support and help you and using supplements and all those different kinds of things. As I healed from, you know, trauma that I had experienced and all of those things, you know, that I listed, all that chronic fatigue and thyroid issues and adrenal fatigue and sleeping disorders. I don't have those anymore. And I went through, you know, several year process of healing myself emotionally and also physically. And I imagine doing these very same things you're talking yes, about. Yes, all what of these things. What would you say was kind of the most important things? That's the thing is it's it's not a most important. Like all of them were so critical going mm-hmm. and doing that nutritional work. And like I went through a period of eating like nothing that was processed for a long time. No sugar, no white flour, no like just fruits and vegetables and like just whole foods Mm -hmm. that helped a ton in healing some of these things. But I was also taking a lot of different supplements and things like that based on my specific body needs and how the trauma had specifically affected me. But then body work has been really, really critical in my healing as well. I actually just got introduced this weekend to cranial sacral, which was amazing. I had never actually done it before. I'd heard a lot about it. But that is, that's really amazing stuff. But there are so many different modalities of like energy work, of body work, of trauma work. And, you know, we've got people that we could have come on and talk about all of those different things. But the ART treatment that I do, the accelerated resolution therapy is huge for clearing trauma. EMDR is really big. I've done both of those. You know, all of these things 
combine together right to again heal that so it was whole a balanced, body you really feel like it was a balanced approach <laughs> which you really have to have yeah you can't just say oh, i'm gonna hit therapy once a week <laughs> and i'm gonna be good or right. i'll just meditate more and that will be fine right like all of these things and and why not get there as soon as you can anyway mm-hmm. you know why try yeah. why try to do it in a very slow process of i'm just going to focus on therapy for a while or i'm just going to focus on and sometimes you need to maybe you know financial resources are preventing you from going out and you know going to body work and therapy and yeah. this and that like and all of those things all at once but recognize that there are all these parts that need to work together yeah and they're all they're all important and you are going to find what your body needs at any given point in your life so there's a, a real learning to trust your body process here. Yes. Communicating what it needs. Mm-hmm. Learning to listen. And so if that's where you're starting, great. Get reconnected to your body sufficient that you can listen to it yeah. and understand what it's trying to tell you. And just like we were talking about in the dailies thing, the number one thing that we have people do is making sure they're meditating, right? right? Because it fixes everything. And what <laughs> a big part of what that's doing is, is reconnecting you to yourself so you can hear yourself and you know what you need so that as you interact with and you think, okay, well, what other modalities can I bring in here that are going to help me? Things stand out to you and you're able to say, okay, that one. Yeah. And we'll have to probably do an entire episode about accelerated resolution therapy and the incredible effects that it has on clearing trauma out of you. It's just, it's really, really amazing. But we can talk about that later. But just a lot of modalities, a lot of different things, and a lot of ways that are going to be useful and helpful for you that you can incorporate into your dailies or into like a regular weekly, monthly regime to do these, maybe some of these other things as well to work toward a healing process that's going to leave you whole. Right. Good. So, so a balanced approach mm-hmm. is going to be the most effective. Yeah. And trusting yourself, trusting how you feel, trusting what your body's telling you if you're mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. And really just, it sounds like a commitment to healing. Yeah, yeah. And, and not feeling stuck or helpless or hopeless and just trying to get through the day, but I can overcome and I can focus on overcoming. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we both have, through our experiences, noticed that. You know, like I, you know, see your, you know, essential oils that you've got out Uh and I see your, (laughs) your different, you know, the healthy way that you eat. We both come in sometimes and we both got our like green drinks and just different things. Like what, finding those things, it's this balanced whole self approach. And I hope you feel listening. You feel like you can do this Mm -hmm. and you can overcome and it's okay that you don't know what you don't know, but hopefully this is a beginning of a process where, you know, if there's been trauma, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, as my, my mom would say, it's not forever. It's just for now. And 
find the things that you can do today and get consistent with those and then add some more later. Right. And allow yourself to move through this healing process. I like it. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Please join us again as we continue to explore these, these subjects. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.